It was at the 700 hour, maybe the awakening, 600 hour growing up. I would wake up out of the home, Deacon's Blue, and want to sleep in because it was around this time we'd lose an hour. It was around this time when the last thing dead were the flowers. And without money or the power, I was just a little boy who needed lunch money. So I would go into my mom and dad's room. Mom would often be already off to work. She worked as well. And then my dad, he would just be either coming home at the 13th hour after his shift. He worked in Oregon City down the street. And I would go up to him as he is likely just going to bed. And I was just getting up, starving, yet to be fed. And I would ask him for lunch money. I would say, Dad, I need lunch money. You know, I, I need to eat so I don't fall asleep and get those F grades. You know, you don't want that on repeat. So it would take a while for him to wake up. He would have to, you know, do his old man thing and rub his eyes and maybe get frustrated because, damn, little Negro, you still don't have a job. But I'm only in the sixth grade and I need this money so I can be on my way. So I would always just wait there and wait and wait and wait. And he would take a very long time to go into his wallet, which would always be right there. And there would be money in it. There would be credit cards and there would be stuff in there. I don't know what he's doing with all this stuff in his wallet, but often lots of receipts and lots of money. So I would get like $5 and then I will walk out of his room awkward because what I would be leaving is kind of that awkward interaction because in between the, the ask and the him rolling over and grabbing his wallet, I would be smelling his morning breath and his cover off from work would be just all over the side of the bed and you could tell he's just not really there because he's tired. He just worked a 12-hour shift. So I would get the money and then go off to school. Five years later, I'm in high school and, you know, I'm not asking him for money because I have a job. I work a three-hour, four-hour shift after school. Shout out to the Generals, Grand High School, Portland, Oregon. And that problem ceased to exist. I'm pretty sure he was relieved. What a gift. <laughs> when your kids get a job and you are no longer monetarily re responsible for them on a day-to-day -day basis, but you still have to pay the mortgage, pay the rent, pay the bills, and all that shit. It's like, you know, how long are you going to have your child under your wing? Some of us are well into our 30s and 40s, and I, I know this for a fact. And we are still under our child's wing. And there's this kind of idea that I played around with 
on my last episode, Bud Talks 223, where I was explaining the same scenario where I would ask my father for lunch money and he would take forever to give it to me. And between him, I well, first I would nudge his shoulder and wake him up again. He he's out of it. So he's not in the best mood. He's like in that waking trance. And I, I have to be boy enough, humiliated enough. And this is when I hated asking for money. I never liked asking, asking my dad for money. My mom, she would always just say, go ask your dad. Like she would give me money. But it was always an easy ask because there was never really this grace period. So when I talk about grace period, this is always that empty space in between my dad saying, go get it in my wallet or just simply going into his wallet for me and handing me $5. Like, why was there this space? And if you know how my brain works, you know that I look at everything in terms of breaking it down to a point of nothingness. It's been a gift and a curse. And you know what? I don't care. That's just the way I am. And I think a lot about this stuff. And I've, I, that grace period is kind of this this period of growth. It's the period of patience. I mean, if you really want something, go out and get it. But, I mean, there's a fine line between waiting to receive something patiently and going out and getting it. Now, either way, that's, you know, context is everything. I, ne- I can never stress this enough that context is everything so not everything you're just going to want to go out and get i mean if the love of your life is about to go get married to some loser and you know full-heartedly that she needs to be fucking you or excuse me she needs to be with you go out and get her but a job or some type of opportunity that doesn't really lie in the hands of your control in terms of receiving it You got to wait for that shit. And that's called grace period. I believe it's a grace period because it's a point of struggle. It's where you are allowed to struggle. It's where you practice patience in a way that you get ready. You get ready for what you're about to get. You get ready to receive what you've requested. Some people don't have patience. And they can't bear that awkward silence between the asking or the end of the ask, rather. Because sometimes the ask is a process, a job application. If you're submitting a book for, I mean, this is my world, but if you're submitting a submission for an article or... You're submitting a college application. Did I say that? I don't really know. But I'm going to just speak so. But sometimes the ask is a process. Sometimes it's one sentence. Can I have some money? Can I have a bite of your burger? And some people go, (sighs) hell no. Because sometimes it's a no. 
But how do you handle the grace period? How do you handle the in-between? I'll tell you how I handled it. I got awkward because that's my middle name. So there's a God-given period between the end of the request or the ask, and then there's the answer. And sometimes the answer is a process as well. Again, context is everything. But generally speaking, you kind of have to think of the grace period as a process of development and honing in on what you really want. Because sometimes you don't really want it. I mean, for lunch money, I mean, I need to eat. But for an example, if you're praying for a spouse or a job or you're praying for something better, a better situation, health, wellness, wealth, a car. And keep in mind, your circumstances are irrelevant to this. And I'll get to that later. That's actually a whole nother conversation, but circumstances often don't matter. But again, I'm not going to go off subject because I often do. But in the grace period is when you hone down on the effects, the repercussions, the consequences of receiving. I'm going to go off on a example here. So you ask for a better paying job. Well, do you know what a better paying job means? A better paying job often means a higher functioning task, which means you're likely going to have a lot more I'm going to use a job setting, a lot more subordinates or a lot more clients, a lot higher monetary responsibility. Uh, Let's say you ask for a a girlfriend or a spouse or a life partner, whatever it may be. What that comes with is emotional responsibility because most people can't handle their own emotions. So they kind of look to the outside for that bare emotion to be carried or to be, and this was me for a very long time, so I can kind of speak to this from experience. And I've seen it a lot of, in a lot of people who may or may not end up settling down earlier in life. Because typically what you'll see is that those who are single, for example, my age group who are single, I mean, I, I, I pray that they are doing something that attracts someone like themselves so that there's kind of that there's not so much of a reliability. Like no one wants to be responsible for your emotions, no matter how much you care for somebody. I mean, people go through decades in a relationship or marriage or years, whatever it may be, of being responsible for their partner's emotions. And and that's fine. I mean, if you want to do that, go ahead. Because if you ain't got shit else to do, who, who you don't care for, unless there's kids involved. I mean, that's another conversation, but Typically, when you're asking for something, you got to realize that there always comes a, a consequence. And consequence doesn't mean it's, it's a good thing or bad thing, but consequences in terms of what are the branching, what are the funneling effects of having this reward or this ask. And 
you know, again, back to relationships, not everybody's perfect. And that's what you're asking for. You're asking for imperfection. Essentially, if something comes easy to you, it typically will go just as easy from you. Because that's just the way it works. It can be either way as well. But I always like to ponder on these things because not everything we ask for we need. And some people say it's when the no is, when the answer is a no, it's God setting us up for something better. Or maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. It could be you that comes to a realization that I don't need that. I don't need that much money. I don't need that spouse. I need to get my shit together. I don't need that job. I don't want to be responsible from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for 13 dumbasses who can't click a mouse. Or I don't want to be responsible for, you know, reporting up to executives or reporting to teachers because I moved the fuck up in life. And that's fine. That's what you do. You move up. But the weight is there for you to understand you. And for me personally, my father was the enabler of my grace period. And in the first story about asking and receiving, I needed that money. So otherwise, I would have been a starving child. Luckily, he gave me the lunch money every time. I will say, though, through the rough years of my life, well, I take that back, not rough years, but, you know, we grew up middle class. And when he was getting sick and had to retire early from his job in Oregon City, he, you know, finances were different. And I, I remember days where, there were a few days he couldn't give me lunch money. And that's when I realized this is a different type of grace period. This is his grace period because I'm not the only one asking. Eventually I got a job and this problem kind of, like I said, it seized later on in high school when I got a job and, I was able to start to work and take care of myself, but the grace period for him made me realize there was something else that was being requested. And, you know, some people think of grace period as, you know, you get five days to pay your rent, nine days to pay the mortgage, 21 days for a credit card, or is it 30, whatever. You know, it's that time between the bill collector saying this is when it's due. And we'll give you this much time to send in payment. And no, I'm not my father's bill collector. I mean, I was as a kid. I am a kind of a bill. I mean, if you have kids, they're a bill. 
they're a lot there. They are something you must monetarily take care of. I, I get that. And sometimes there is no grace period. But if you have enough faith in life, faith in God, faith in Mother Nature, faith in the universe, then you understand that in reality, our minds create the grace period. And sometimes our minds kill that grace period. It's really up to you. And once you get really good at understanding how your mind and body works, there's kind of a grace period that takes a very peculiar, very unique, a very unpredictable turn. And you realize that life in itself is just one long ass grace period. Now, the music you're hearing in the background, I don't own the rights. I've said this many times before. This is just some the bedtime beats playlist on iTunes. I doubt the artists will ever hear this. If they do, then that would be dope. Because shout out to you. You were the tunes for me to speak to you. And, I mean, if you plan on suing me, just email me first so we can work something out. So, vehicledigest.net. You can reach me there. This is Bud Talks Podcast 225. Thank you all for listening. I just had something to say. Good morning, good evening, good night.